Hi, everybody. Good morning, afternoon, evening, Friday, Wednesday, Tuesday. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> um, how y'all doing? Welcome back to the Tranquil East Podcast. My name is Patrick. My name is Risha. Welcome. And welcome. And today I am drinking. Uh, well, I have recently finished a. Uh, <laughs> Iced tea lemon is slipped in. I'm cheating today, y'all. I I ain't make a cup. I just grabbed the bottle. But it was good. What are you drinking today? I'm drinking horchata because it's a nice, cool drink for the summer because where I live, it's 120 degrees. So, yeah, just trying to stay cool. So, we're drinking a nice, sweet, you know, rice drink. And we're enjoying it. Happy Pride Month. Happy Indigenous People Awareness Month. Happy Indigenous um, People Awareness Month. And let's I get started. Ooh, what park was that? The Heart Chakra. Ah, I should have known that. It was green, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, what, what was that? So... Today we are going to be continuing our dive into the tarot, into the tarot, and we are going to be approaching the minor arcana, starting with the suit of swords. Swords could also be your spades and playing cards. Um, They kind of carry the same similar energy. And we'll be going from ace to ten, from page to king. And... Swords can represent the element of air. So in some tarot decks, it won't go by like swords or cups. It would be like water, air, fire. Mm-hmm. Um, and then swords can represent like authority, divine intervention, forces that occur like outside of our control that we have to deal with. The swords also represent like abstract thought and logic. And they can also represent like conflict or um, illegal matters or things concerning justice or intellectual pursuits. It can also be like, you know, let's say that you are dealing with sort of emotional things and like with the swords being that sort of space of a little bit uh, head over heart, it can be refreshing, I guess, to. Be able to almost like see something with a new pair of eyes. I could say, yeah, it's like being able to see something with a new pair of eyes. Ace of Swords. Right. And I feel like also like because I feel like all the aces are like a gift from the universe. So I also see the Ace of Swords as like that divine intervention, right? Like that's the sword from the angel coming down, giving you what you need. This could also be like a new idea, right? Mm-hmm. That starts a whole new endeavor in your life and on your journey. I mean, this could also, like, be stating to you that you have the mental tools to get the breakthrough that you need with this. Um, So, yeah, because how it's depicted in the Rideaway Smith that is, like, a hand is coming out of the clouds of the sky and is holding a sword that has a crown around it. And one of the things that I like to do, if I, like, especially if I have multiple decks... When it comes to the Ace of Swords, I like to look at how the crown is positioned on the sword. 
Mm-hmm. I know in some decks, it'll be like above the sword where they're not touching at all. And some decks, it'll be like partially down the blade. I'm using the Spirit Keeper's Tarot and it's like really close to the hilt. Oh. And so for me, when I read, sometimes I'll be like, the closer it is to the hilt, the closer it is to your hand, like something that you'll be able to understand. Because right. it's like, you know, sometimes we get clarity. It's like sometimes you get clarity in a situation and you're like, oh my gosh, but like, what do I do with this information? Right. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know, like, like, but how do I use this? Like, what do I do with this? I get that this is a thing, but I don't know how to like put it into my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one thing that I sort of look at when it comes to this and how like a little bit of um, imagery that would lead to, I guess, an intuitive layer for me. So, so now but, we have the two of swords. So this card is usually depicted as a woman holding two swords across her chest, pointing opposite directions, and she's blindfolded. In the background, there's usually, in the background of the Rideway Smith, it's like an ocean and the moon. So for me, this represents, like, obviously intuition, using your intuition, um, because she is blindfolded, but the moon also is represented in this card. But also, like, making a decision. Mm. So, in the divine, the tarot of the divine that I have, the two of swords is depicted as a woman who's blindfolded. And on one of her sides, there's a hydra with some fire. And then on the other side, there's a whirlpool. And so, like, I know me, you were making that. Um, comparison that like you know and she has a hydra and she has to kill the hydra somehow and obviously you can't chop off its heads because it'll just grow back warheads so she has the option to either kill it in the whirlpool or kill it in the fire um but it's like a decision that's like right here that she can't push back anymore or avoid mm-hmm. and so it can be a time to also I feel like a lot of times I've seen it, it's always been like, you need to make a choice, you need to make a decision. But it could also be an opportunity to kind of sort of stop and take stock of what actually matters. Mm -hmm. Because I think sometimes it's like when we're unable to do something, or when we struggle to do it, then there's something there for us to dig into. Something being illuminated by that moon in the darkness that you kind of sort of only see in that still moment. Next. Uh, I'll let There's you do this one. The three of swords? <laughs> Next is the three of swords, which in tarot is one of those big, bad, bong, bong cards. <laughs> it kind of, it's the space of heartbreak. Um, It's a space of, like, disappointment. It's, you know, I guess if I'm continuing this journey, it's like, you know, you get this new piece of information, and you're like... Oh, like there's this person and like there's this thing that's happening and I want to tell them, but I don't know if they'll accept me or if they'll leave me. And then, you know, Three of Swords comes out and it might not have been the outcome <laughs> that he wanted. I'm sorry to laugh, but it's like, I don't know how else to say it. Um, this is Saturn in Libra. And Ooh, so Saturn we're in energy. Yeah. So Saturn is the the ruler, the Deccan ruler of the second Deccan of Libra. So this would be roughly early october yeah early october because late uh august is like the first that's where libra starts like it could be overwhelming but it's also a reminder to like not let the heartbreak like take you in a sense like yes it's okay to feel those emotions you're allowed to feel what you're feeling in the moment 
but also to remember that this isn't your final chapter, right? I feel like with the three of swords going into like the four of swords, going to the four of swords is like you go from like that to getting your rest, right? Mm-hmm. Recuperating, which is the four of swords. Yeah. And I like what you said about sort of how your emotional state can really color your perception of the world. Yes. Because I feel like that's something that, you know, jumping ahead a fair amount, like (laughs) at the Nine of Swords, when you're like really sort of being wrecked by everything going on, Eight of Swords, when you can't see anything else, Mm -hmm. it's like a lot of that has a root or it starts to form here in the three in our ability to it's like coping this really right. like it, it it speaks of how we cope with that and then you know going into the four of swords sometimes um, my biggest coping mechanism was ignoring back in the past i was yeah. like i know that i can't run from my problems but right. maybe yeah, if i ignore them they'll go away <laughs> right bypassing that's a huge thing especially like when you're first starting your spiritual awakening i feel like like we we tend to bypass a lot of our emotions. Yeah, but and I think that could serve a little bit just to like you know give yeah. you a little bit more of a foundation before you go deep into right. But at the same time, like you have to feel what you're feeling because you don't want your shadow like just being like okay, we're gonna get right. bigger and bigger, and then that's even more to like heal through. But you gotta work on that later. Yeah. <laughs> so this and it's so interesting. This is Jupiter in Libra, which is probably why the Four of Swords feels as good as it does, because it's like, right. we just hit Saturn in Libra, and now Jupiter is coming in. It's like, okay, I breathe, movie, expansion, it's yes. like, we're back on the rise. Yeah. Um, and it's like, you know, like Risha said, it's a time of healing and recuperation mm-hmm. after um, a fair amount of heartbreak. Or mental, like, all that mental like pressure right yeah because i i don't know about you but i know like me being physically tired versus me being mentally tired are two totally different things because when i'm physically tired i could take a two nap two hour nap and be like okay i'm fine but when i'm mentally tired i sleep for longer it takes me longer to recuperate so yeah so it's about like perception and discernment yeah and so for the minor arcana typically are more traditionally. So your two, your three, and your four will be cardinal energy for whatever that suit is. Since we're in air, it's Libra. The five, the six, and seven is fixed in air. That's going to be Aquarius. And then the eight, the nine, and the 10 is mutable and air is going to be Gemini. And each card also has a planet that is the Deccan ruler for that Deccan That's kind of going deep into astrology, but every 10 degrees carries a different energy. Um, So like, and I know some people attribute that to being like, you know, how some June cancers are different than July cancers. It's because every 10 degrees, it's like as you transit through that energy, you get more of another one. So for the two of swords, this is the moon in Libra. The moon being the Deccan ruler for that first Deccan of Libra, which again gives you that intuition. And a lot of times it's like we're in a space of indecision. This can also sort of be a card of indecision because you have to make that choice. Um, 
but it's like you know you're sort of trying to balance out two different things it's a space where like you can get conflicting information and like i guess you know coming off of that ace of swords because we also sort of we we travel through that suit and it goes it builds upon sort of bit by bit that's like when you get that information but it's like it almost directly conflicts with other information and you're like okay well like sort of which is true now if you see the ace of swords i would assume that the ace of swords is more true also with it being sort of coming out of that cloud probably more related to a higher perspective or something that is a more intuitive and i think um with this too for me this kind of sort of holds that feeling of like when you cried and cried and cried and cried yes. and cried all of those tears and then like when you reach that point i'm where... the eclipse <laughs> <laughs> when you reach that point where it's like you can't cry anymore and then it's like you can like breathe after that release like this is a little bit of that energy as well right and for me especially i remember when i was younger a lot of times this is where i would sort of find a little bit of that peace that would come in that would be like you know it's gonna be okay right the forest source is such a beautiful part it's the rest it's the silence the meditation it's where you could quiet your mind and really create that space for yourself because i feel like with every day we don't give ourselves the time to actually sit with our thoughts and to actually contemplate on why we do the things we do or why we react to certain situations and really sit with those things. And I feel like the forest stars is really like cars that depicts like, okay, we're creating this like mental, like safe place for ourselves right? where we can just be. And that's like a really beautiful thing. And I think it also like gives us the space to process our emotions a little bit too. Yes. Cause that's another thing that we don't really have time for. Exactly. And like that's I feel like a little bit of the not the disadvantage, but it's it's one of the ways that the mental is like really burdened. Cause mm-hmm. like the the brain, the mental handles like emotional stuff. It handles physical things, just like frustration. Like, like you can be physically tired, and it reduces your mental capacities. Yeah. Like, you're so tired, you can't think straight. Right. You're forgetting everything. And so it's like the brain, the mind really holds on to the wear and tear or the, the, the burden of, like, everything. Right. All right. So I guess we're moving on to the five of stories now. Yeah, we are approaching the territory of Aquarius. Right. And Six, so eight. this card. Do what we need to do to give ourselves peace at the Four of Swords. Mm-hmm. And then the Five of Swords can kind of sort of sit in a space of. Uh, it's like where we can sort of act out of our trauma mm-hmm. to protect ourselves from experiencing something again. Right, defense mechanisms. Like, yeah, defense mechanisms, not so great coping mechanisms, which are again right. defense, defense mechanisms, girl. It's all defense mechanisms. But the five of swords almost when you see it pop up, it almost implies that it's like you're being overly defensive, overly harsh, overly critical in a space where you right. don't necessarily need to be. Exactly. Um it's like the hard is, lesson learned. Yeah. And this is Venus and Aquarius. 
So first Ooh. decan of Aquarius ruled by Venus, mm-hmm. which is, I think that's it's kind of sort of fitting though, mm-hmm. in the sense that like Venus is about love, and like connection, but Aquarius can be very sort of like isolated, separated, and aloof. Yeah, and, and then Aquarius so almost, is also like that, always in your head when right. you don't need to be right. That space. And it's very fixed in the things that like it thinks and sort of believes. And okay. Venus, like when we interact with other people, sometimes we need to be more fluid or flexible or compromising in a way that the Five of Swords just is not. It's very non-compromising. Mm-hmm. But then we go to the Six of Swords. There we go. Which is Mercury in Aquarius. So we got... <laughs> quick mercury we got mutable mercury we got sort of friends with everybody mercury and so the six of swords is often a time of it's it's like sailing onto calmer waters right Mm -hmm. we have learned we have seen we experienced like oh wow maybe like this defense mechanism makes me a little like too much so maybe there's something for me to like dig into like let me work that out and it's like well you worked it out and now it's like you know one less right. thing to hail. Whoop, boop, boop. You got this. Calmer water unlocked. Right. Because that six that six of swords energy could be like transitioning, right. right? From like one part of let's say your spiritual wiggling to a new part. Um, it could be moving on and leaving things behind that no longer serve you. Mm-hmm. You know, because this card is usually depicted with someone on a boat with swords and is like sailing away. So kind of like letting the universe let you flow to where you need to be so like mentally letting go you've held on mentally especially with like the five of swords the six of swords like okay i'm letting go and i'm letting the universe take me on the journey that i need to go on Mm -hmm. you know because we can get so fixed on it has to be this way or get attached to outcomes i feel like and this card is all about like having that non-attachment right and i think like where the three of swords can kind of sort of be drowning in like mm-hmm. emotional pain with the six of swords on top of the water. Now we're navigating. We're not so deep into it that again, we're doing all that all right. defense mechanism, five of swords, abrasive sort of hostile, like all of that. We are, we're learning to leave that in the past. All right. Um, and the six of swords is often a card of like travel and movement or it can right. be. It's one of the travel cards because it's a card that depicts movement in a lot of decks. Like you said, it's the boat on the water. But I think it also, in some ways, can imply, like you were mentioning, it's like that trust in spirit, that trust in the universe, that it's like where it's taking you, it's going to be better than where you've been. There's a need to really trust that sort of. Um, here or it's it's like it's like it's asking you to trust and to move forward right that you know you're not going to be in a three of swords situation again until we hit the seven of swords (laughs) (laughs) oh girl well we thought it was all good right and then we find out well maybe let's 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 flip this because i think here here at the Seven of Swords, after the Six, we encounter a very interesting sort of territory. I feel mm-hmm. like before we hit the Six of Swords, like that part is like us coming out of this like, woe is me. 
sort mm -hmm. of attitude. The Seven of Swords is typically a card of deceit, lies, trickery, somebody taking something that don't belong to them, that probably right. belong to you. Right. Um, this is the moon in Aquarius. Um, it's, it's depicted in the Rider Smith that as a guy like stealing some swords. <laughs> and making up like, what? Yeah. So, like, and I think in a awesome. lot of depictions, it's like he's holding five, but there are two that's still there. He left two, yeah. Yeah. It's like when you think you left, like you were talking about the journey earlier, like when you think you leave the Five of Swords mentality behind, but then if you look at yourself, you still kind of Five of Swords right. a oh, little bit. That's the, that's the comparison, because he's holding Five of Swords. It's back to that Five of Swords energy. Right. <laughs> so it's like you think you're out of the water, but um, it, it, wow. it unfolds even more. We've added, an, we've added an Ace of Swords. That movement from the Five of Swords now gives you clarity. On how you're still five of swordsing, even when you thought you were done. And now That's you're like, oh, if this is a you and you situation, it can put you back in that two of swords space because you're like, what? Like I'm still doing this? I thought I was done. Mm -hmm. Like I thought I had I thought I had healed this. Right. It's like, no, girl, you still five of swords in. What you gonna do now? You gonna face this with the two of swords, or are you gonna act like you don't see this? Because the two of swords was the moon in Libra, wasn't it? Let me make sure. Yeah, the yeah, two of swords yeah. was the moon in Libra. Moon, yeah. This is the moon in Aquarius. But yeah, the seven of swords also has an energy of, I want to say, like false scarcity. Mm -hmm. So this could be you like saying, like, oh, I need to do all this and this and this because I don't know if I'm going to have enough for me. Right. right. So, like, that false scarcity, I'm like, but. If you're one with the universe, you're abundantly provided for. It's like you being worried because you have what you need now, but you don't know if you'll have it in the future. Right. So you start to get like anxiety or anxious when you don't need to be. Mm -hmm. So this could be like an opportunity for you to like change your mindset instead of coming from a place of like environmental scarcity. How can you support your environment mentally without having that scarcity mindset? So this could be like you in a scarcity mindset. And I love that you bring that up because I feel like that clarifies that five of swords energy more in a different mm -hmm. way. Because mm -hmm. it's like with the like, let's say that it is related to scarcity and the easiest example is poverty. Right. And so at the five of swords, that's you like hungry starving barely making ends meet doing all of these things you come into money you come into a season of blessings with that right. six of swords but then with the seven of swords like you said it's like even though you're out of that situation you still have your that poverty there. yeah right and so it's like you're still like you're afraid to spend money you're saving everything you're never spending you're working 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 and it's like you're already sort of out of that situation mm -hmm. so it's like these these like lingering remnant right. sort of energy from a time that we lived right. before. And I feel like that can be hard for a lot, especially if you grew up in poverty. Trying to get like actually trying to get out of that like scarcity mindset can be difficult. Right. You know, because you're like, oh, I finally have money. Like, what do I do with it? And a lot of people, once again, go into that like three of swords of feeling like unworthy of what the, the blessings you're getting. Right? right, so I feel like it also goes back to that three of swords energy. Well, because I know in some decks, 
depending. It's like there'll be three swords in one hand, two swords in another hand, and then two swords still on the ground. So right, <laughs> that's the right away Smith because he has like he has a yeah yeah. So it's like. <laughs> This internal two of swords, this, it's like two of swords all over the place because that we're still sort of hanging on to that heartbreak. Mm-hmm. We're still hanging on to the trauma. We're still hanging on to that thing mm-hmm. as we continue to move forward. And so it's like we've experienced that movement and momentum in the six of swords again. Mm-hmm. But here it's like it's it's starting to resurface in our minds a little bit. Right. To the point where, you know. I think at the Seven of Swords, it's really easy to feel like someone or something outside of you is coming in and taking. There's a threat outside of you. Mm-hmm. But then moving into the Eight of Swords, yes. that's where we come into the energy where it's like, there's something that we're not seeing clearly. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, you know, you're not seeing how it's almost like where the Four of Swords Jupiter and Libra after that period of restriction. I don't know really how to articulate it, but it's like with Jupiter and Gemini, there are so many things expanding almost all at once that it's very hard to like follow Mm -hmm. it with your eyes and to know where what starts and like what's happening because it's so much happening at once. Whereas earlier in the four from the three, it's like, you know, things were still like you were hurt. You were nursing yourself. And now it's like it's building. It's expanding out. It's easing rather Mm -hmm. than it's just like. This is the space where your traumas kind of sort of maybe start to play together, start to right. intermingle, and that can sort of be this prison of swords. All of these right. sort of seemingly separate thoughts kind of all work together to keep you trapped in a way that you don't really see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Eight of Swords, like you said, is like that fixation or like paralyzations that certain thoughts can give you. Um, but like you said, as she's depicted in the Runaway Soup deck, She's blindfolded and her hands are bound, but they're loose. She can easily get out of it. So it's also like, I want to say like a card of liberation. So once you realize that you're not your thoughts, right? That when a thought comes to you, you can choose if it's going to affect you, right? Because you have the power to do that, you know? Mm -hmm. Mind over everything, right? Because that's what the swords are. Your mind over matter, I want to say. There are different possibilities. Nothing has to be one way. And I guess like through rulership, this is interesting because Jupiter rules Sagittarius and Sagittarius naturally opposes Gemini. Jupiter also rules Pisces and Pisces squares Gemini. So it's like we're, there's like, there is this energy of expansion through Jupiter. But again, it's like, it's almost like eclipses. Yeah. It's like the moon keeps moving in front of the sun every time you try to sort of get a little bit of light. And it's like, mm-hmm. what? And then it puts you in a space of like, and I feel like one of the things that I like about how we're talking about these mm-hmm. is that there's a traditional meaning, but the way that I approach tarot mm-hmm. is that like the traditional meaning sometimes can also come with the challenge. Right. Right. And so like here, like you were saying, the challenge is to like, face it, own up to it in a way, to see those things. It's an opportunity for us to free ourselves from all of, from, from our mental prison girl, because that's what it is. Right, yeah, basically. In a, in a way that is very much so within our power and our capability to do. Right. But a lot of times it's like, 
that's another thing about the mind is that like it can really run away. Yes, it can. So much faster and so much quicker than our ability to like get it under control. Um, and that feeling of not being able to control a racing mind right. kind of sort of naturally transitions us from the eight of swords to the nine of swords. Right. Um, and this is Mars and Gemini, girl. Ooh, fiery energy. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like, so if, if, if Jupiter and Gemini was like stuff just like blowing up all over the place, Mars and Gemini is like, Mars trying to be the Flash just like everywhere, but not really giving anything the time and attention and care it needs. So and so it kind of makes everything worse all over the place. And it's almost this energy of like blowing up in our face a little bit, maybe. And then I feel like the nine of swords is also an energy of like kind of like a dark night of the soul type of energy. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> because it deals with the fear, the anxiety, the depression, the desperation, right? Like the woman is waking from her bed, like frantic. Right. You know, she's possibly been having nightmares every night. I mean, but this is also a card that's like acknowledging the fear. Everything that you held on to, everything that it's like you kind of sort of still believe or that still floats around in the back of your mind continues to color your perception. Right. And that's kind of sort of why I referenced when we were at the Three of Swords, I kind of referenced earlier to like the nine and the eight, because this is us at the eight of swords. It's like it's usually depicted as someone who's like tied up, bound in some kind of prison, but the ropes are loose and they're right. blindfolded typically, too. Yeah. But it's Just like, like the you two know, of swords blindfolded. yeah, this is Jupiter and Gemini. Um, you know, Jupiter felt real good in uh, Libra after that Saturn. But in, in Gemini, I feel like Gemini is an energy that is like so quit. Right. I mean, which is a valid response to hardships in life. You know what I mean? But once we face those things and face and like face those like negative, like, si like thinking cycles. And you start to understand, like, your mental health and everything. Mm -hmm. And begin to, like, build the foundation from there. Right. And that's why the Nine of Swords is actually one of my favorite cards. Mm -hmm. Just because of how I've lived my life. Right. I feel like there were so... I feel like I was, like, in an Eight of Swords state in so many ways because of the things that I was refusing to acknowledge and refusing to see. Right. Like the nine and the ten of swords are two of my favorite cards because, you know, right. we're, we're going to fast forward a little bit. The ten of swords can be a space of resolution. The right. nine of swords is the space that's like, now you see those things that you weren't seeing. Now you see why you kept sort of repeating the same cycles over and over, no matter how far you felt right. like you were going from the source of the problem. So I guess we're going into the Ten of Swords since we're transitioning. The Ten of Swords, um, the happiest card in the deck, girl. <laughs> Just kidding. Sorry. It's it's like it's that like ending. Like you've yeah. exhausted your mind. You are mentally drained and And so the Deccan ruler for the third Deccan of Gemini is the Sun. So this is the Sun in Gemini. This is that that's you know, the sun will come out. Today, if, today, you know, 
you let it if you go outside right. you'll see the sunlight if you inside and the windows are closed and you got blackout blinds and it'll always be dark and mm-hmm. that's kind of again the space of that's the space that a lot of us fall into in the nine of swords mm-hmm. and so the ten of swords i think for a lot of people it holds this energy of defeat it's being defeated right mm-hmm. which can be especially difficult after we've had that four of swords piece after we got a little bit of six of swords movement right the seven of swords i guess you know it can also be a card of blaming where again i think we kind of sort of touched around it but it's like you know you're blaming everything outside of you this person is taking that person is taking it's because of this situation that i can't move forward in life the worst outcomes may have happened because you were in the prison of your mind but at the same time i feel like it's a car like okay we've gotten over the hump Mm -hmm. now we know how we should like take care of our mind and our spirit and start anew and like take this lesson with us right because it was just a huge lesson right right and you i know, feel the like journey so, was difficult. Oh, yeah oh, no, the journey ahead, was difficult ahead. and you know and then at the nine of swords i've had these moments where it's like wow it was me like yeah. I, I was the villain the whole time it's like scooby-doo and then you see you and you're like oh my gosh what <laughs> and then you take off your mask and you still you it's all you (laughs) but um for me like the ten of swords it's like to bury an old version of yourself Mm -hmm. the version of yourself that was racked with anxiety that couldn't escape the trauma that was couldn't escape the effects of what happened to you like earlier in the space of the three of swords that the part of you that like continued to carry and carry and you know and i love it in I think the witch's tarot also in the vice versa, because in the witch's tarot, there's in the ten of swords. A lot of times it's ten swords all piercing something on the ground that is dead. It's usually the most gruesome card in the deck or one of the most gruesome cards in the deck. But in the witch's tarot, it's like there's the owl that sits on the branch and the vice versa. It's like the person is taken outside of their body and Mm. there's they see how like they're the ten swords are there. And so it's like it's this opportunity to really put an end to old toxic thought patterns and cycles that really don't serve you. It's an opportunity to really, you had fear, you had distrust, you had all these things. And then you realize once it's all over and the hard lesson you might've learned that you didn't need those things. But at the same time, like it was a lesson that needed to happen. Right. Especially with spirit, with the divine, it's like, we can find those life is lived from start to end Mm -hmm. and so it's not necessarily that things become undone right it's not that we necessarily go back into the past and stop things from happening but we can find healing and so you know it's it's a card that i love because like i said for a long time in my own life there were things that i just I didn't even have it within me to approach. And so after I finally like learned to accept and heal and move on from those things, it's a, it's a card of liberation to me. And that's so beautiful because after our 10 of swords, we have the page of swords, the page. This is our redemption arc. I feel like when you get to the page from the 10 of swords, it's like a redemption arc. You got your sword and 
you're finding your voice. Mm-hmm. It could be a new idea, so you get a lot of that like Ace of Swords energy again mm-hmm. because they are holding like one sword. So this could be like ideas, but since it is the Page of Swords, you also get like that innocence. You know, because it's like, oh, you're hoarding a sword for the first time, but you're so excited because you know how to use it now. With right. all the mental clarity and all the lessons that you learned from the Ace of Swords to the Ten of Swords, when you get to that Page of Swords, it's like this beautiful, like, okay, I've cultivated what I need to cultivate, and now I can use it. Right. And I feel like, like going off of that, between the Two of Swords and the Ten of Swords, it's almost like everything that was within you that kept you from taking the ace when it was presented as the ace mm-hmm. and using it how at the page you're going to begin using it. Mm-hmm. That's again, it's like you said, like going from the 10 of swords to the page, it's like, oh, like this is something that, and I find myself in that space so much lately. Mm-hmm. Like, cause I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in a space of challenging myself to experience new things. And I'm like, old Patrick would have never done this. <laughs> old Patrick wouldn't have even tried Oh, Patrick is too fixed <laughs> to even, and I'm like, oh well, like I actually enjoyed this. Like, oh, let me do this, and I like I'm I'm still finding myself challenged even in today to continue to do new things and to not be so to not buy into what my previous experiences would have told me has to be, if that right. makes any sense. Right. It's and, like that full energy a little bit too. Yeah. And so it's, now it's like, oh, like maybe things can be different. And the divine is like, girl, like we wouldn't tell you that <laughs> it's different if it wasn't going to be different. So we're glad that you're finally on the same page. We're glad that you made that two to 10 trip. So now, you know, you can start developing. And I think, especially with the sword being a weapon. It's like now that we're at the page of swords, it's like we can we're learning to use the sword without, you know, cutting ourselves when we sort of use it. Um, It's like, you know, whenever you hear like all these people don't know one end of the sword from the other. And it's like you got people out here holding the sword by the blade and whacking people with the hilt. And it's like (laughs) you're not supposed like you the hilt goes in your hand. Like if your hands are bleeding when you're using the sword, you may be holding it wrong. But, yeah, this is the space of us really, I view pages as like, like that introduction to mastery after that primary journey is over. Right. Um, and it's in the yeah. sword, girl. I love that. Right. Okay, now we hit our knight of swords. Kings are air and knights are fire. I think that system I'm not completely familiar with, but I am familiar with. The knight being mutable, the queen being cardinal, and the king being fixed. And so here in the space of mutable air, it's Gemini. So we're coming back in the Gemini. Gemini also in air, it's interesting because it's the first time we're introduced to the element when we follow it in order. Mm -hmm. Um, And Gemini, it's an energy of, it's like that toddler. It's very curious. It kind of sort of gets into everything. So the Knight of Swords, I guess to clarify, because I didn't mention it. So aces sort of just represent the element. So here it's air. Pages also represent. Now, there are some systems that break 
the court cards down into element i think page i think pages are pentacles queens are water and it it learns through experience and mm -hmm. so with the knight of swords the knight of swords it's one of the faster knights mm -hmm. it moves forward it's like it's coming out of that page it has this new truth and it wants to go out and spread the message now sometimes it's right sometimes it's wrong just like anything in anybody and so i think for me sometimes the knight of swords from a very almost like meta level because i've never necessarily seen the knight in a reading and gotten this or felt this but in a meta level it's like it is more mature than the page but it isn't quite yet a king or a queen right it's still developing um, but this is one, again, it's sort of like it learns by trial and error. And so maybe in a more positive aspect, it's the space of conversation. And that's yeah. how we learn, right? That's how we incorporate new information yeah. unless, you know, it comes from a cloud. Ace of Swords. Um, but this is how we like grow with each other by speaking, which is why I think this is often associated with like speaking. <laughs> it's the presence of voice. It's the power of voicing something. And because we voiced it now, it's like now that the idea is out there in the universe spoken, it can kind of start accumulating things. It's like the cloud, right? It can mm -hmm. start getting heavy before it rains and then, you know, it nourishes the ground and stuff like that. A lot of times the idea comes first and this is communicating the idea. Right. I feel like the night cars are also also like cars of action. Yes. You know, because they're they have this fierceness. They're like, okay, I know what I'm doing, and I'm gonna go for it. Like they just shoot for it. Like it's that type of like energy, the assertiveness, the assuredness. This could be like not being afraid to make enemies for what is right. Right. It could also be mm -hmm. like confidence, bring your ideas to life, having the confidence to do those things and go for what your truth is, no matter how the people around you may view you you know not right. having that fear fiercely believing in yourself it's it's a really beautiful card to have like that energy like you're so like confident in yourself sometimes it can be overconfident sometimes it can't depends on the reading um but it's a really beautiful card that like you're pushing for your beliefs and your ideas and you're actually like making <laughs> that space to like really go for what your truth is and i really right. like that energy yeah I, I love that in context to like what the journey of the swords could be because it really feels like something that like you wouldn't have had the courage to really go forward and start talking about more openly mm -hmm. and honestly and authentically out in the right. world because it's like everything you've been through it's like you know well like i'll, I'll say it's like it's like i'm here I'm here. I got something to say, and you're going to listen. Today, you're going to have time. Today, you're going to sit there. Today, you're going to let me speak. <laughs> and I love it. So beautiful. Now we get to Her Majesty, the Queen of Swords. The Queen. How do you say? I don't know how to say Queen. In. How do you say? So? Ken, Ken Hime. <laughs> Ken Hime. <laughs> uh, no, Hime is princess. How do you say Queen Hime is princess. Uh, what is it? Would it be like Joel? Joel Sa? No, not Joel Sa. Uh, 
Ken Summer. Let's just say Ken Summer. Joel or something like that. I don't know. Because I know O is like ruler. Or O can also be king, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. So the Queen of Swords. She's an interesting one. Um, you want to start with this one? <laughs> She's feisty. I just want to say that. Like <laughs> she she has the knowledge, she has the experience, she has the mm-hmm. mastery, she has everything that she needs. She holds her sword tall and she knows herself more than anything. Right. She I feel like she's like a justice slash judgment type of energy because she's like no matter what people like coming from like that night energy, she takes that energy and I feel like she amplifies it. Right. She stands in it. Right. I mean this is the this is like the card that's gonna say like you know your own mind and you understand how you react to different situations, right? It's kind of like you being better prepared for what life throws at you type of energy. Like, okay, I've been through this and been through this. And I know how to counter this now because I've been through it. Right? right. That type of energy. Um, And then you begin to really trust in the universe. Like, okay. But she don't put away anybody's mess. I feel like it's also that type of energy. Like, she's not going to stand for anybody trying to put her down or give her some type of falsehood. Like, she, nah. She don't play that mess. Like, it's that type of energy I get from her. Right. <laughs> and I've often heard of her as like that pre-justice energy. Right. Um, like that sort of the embodiment of justice on earth, I guess, if you want to mm-hmm. uh, say. And that's one thing that, so for me with the Queen of Swords, it's like because she's been through what she's been through, you're not going to convince her that she doesn't know what she very much so knows. Like she's that right. queen that's like, I'm not going to sit here and just listen to you try to mansplain what I already know to me. Like, no. Hello, girl, let me see your degree. Let me see your credentials. Because I've got it. (laughs) And I think sometimes, like, that's her, I think, in the light of her energy. I think depending on the person, since she is a queen, since she's supposed to be feminine, people think that, you know, oh, I'm going to go in and I'm going to give her a sap story. I'm going to appeal to her emotions and her feminine side and I'll shed a few crocodile tears. She see right through it. She do. And people don't. A lot of, it's like when you approach a Queen of Swords energy and if that's your approach, if that's your tactic, you don't like it. You're like, she's heartless. She's cold. She's a beep. (laughs) She's an expletive deleted. And like 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 we said in the beginning, sometimes swords are, it's that head over heart. It's to not be so easily swayed by your emotions that you come out of what you know to be true. Right. And so in that, she can be a bastion of integrity mm-hmm. because she's not going to allow herself to be swayed. Now, in her shadow, sometimes she can be, depending on what the situation is, right. it can be like a challenge to... Because, like, one of the things that she does do, again, is, like, she builds herself up almost by her past experiences. Right. And so she may not necessarily be the first queen that allows for something to be different, that allows for something to change or to prove that it has changed. No, no, I take that back. Because she, I feel like she will allow something to prove that it's changed. She won't necessarily just accept it as changed. And that isn't necessarily good. It's not necessarily bad. 
Um, but she can be like, if things really have changed for the better, it can sometimes take some convincing for her to soften up in ways that she's had to learn to still herself. Right. Um, because unfortunately with society being what it's been for a minute, with it being so patriarchal, with us sort of dismissing and like swords is also intelligence. Right. And it's like a lot of times feminine intelligence is like dismissed. Yes. It's like, for some reason, we've been convinced that dudes are smarter than girls, even though dudes is some of the dumbest, like, you, you see, y'all see what dudes be doing? Do y'all see what dudes be doing? And then they went, I'm like, boy, if you don't sit down somewhere. But, and I think that's one way where she can be like, in her shadow, a little bit abrasive, not necessarily in her shadow. I think either way, she can be a little abrasive. Yeah. Sometimes she's like more rightfully abrasive. Sometimes she could be a little bit more fluid and she's a little abrasive. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that's just one of those things to sort of be aware of. Right. Um, I guess like, you know, with the page, because we didn't really sort of talk about the shadow of any of these. Um, with the page, it's, it could be that like, you know, maybe you have this idea that is new, that is true, that is revolutionary, but it's like the world isn't yet sort of like ready for it. It can be a little bit before it's time. And to some people, especially you could seem like really foolish or naive or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, with the night, I kind of sort of talked about that a little bit of how like, you know, it doesn't necessarily know everything, but it's going to move forward like it does. Um, but back to this queen, I mean, all in all, depend, like, regardless, this Queen of Swords is someone to be, like, respected. And I feel like if you approach a Queen of Swords with respect, you will get it. It's just like justice. You know, you don't walk into the courtroom, even if you are right. It's like Judge Judy. Like, even <laughs> if you are right, if you and they're acting a fool, she's like, if you keep it up, I'm going to dismiss your case. Conduct yourself with respect, with honor. I'll hear you out. I'll hear them out. We will reach a fair verdict. Right. That was deep. Oh, and I also love that in the Rider Waite Smith deck, her throne is depicted with butterflies mm. and um crescent moons. Oh. So I think that's like the moon is really that like feminine, like intuitive coming into play. Like she don't give she see through anything, you know, she slashed through the falseness with her sword. She mm. sees through it, she peers through it, clears day. And then we also have like that butterfly, which is like that transformation, right? She came from. And I love that because I feel like it's like. Now, because the two of swords is like kind of sort of like how we integrate that information that we receive. Mm -hmm. And it's like she's mastered that. So like she gets it from spirit. She doesn't question it. She's not like, what do I do? What do I do? She's right. like, OK, got it. Boom. And it's this space. I love the Queen of Swords because I feel like it shows the power of intuition mm -hmm. in a way that, for me personally, the Queen of Cups doesn't. Right. Like, the Queen of Cups is extremely intuitive and she's extremely connected. Right. But when it comes time to, like, a pro when it comes time for these queens to be, like, to interact with the world, mm -hmm. the Queen of Swords, I feel like, does, she sort of sits in that gap between what is intuitive and what is like logical. Right. And so she's able to really sort of lay it out for people. She, she, she makes it make sense basically. And I just love that energy. Cause I'm right. like, I'm Pisces, my Mercury's in Pisces. I'm like, 
Like I'm receiving this, but I, I I feel like I don't know how to communicate this where it makes sense. So just believe me. <laughs> but like with the Queen of Swords, it's like she'll lay it out, and it's like yeah. And you're like, oh okay, wow. A two of swords to a queen. Right. Like that's a really beautiful transformation. So now we get to our final card, the King of Swords. Last but certainly least, <laughs> I'm just playing. <laughs> Last but never least, it's the King. The bum 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 for the king. I'm just playing. Okay. When the king speaks, people listen. <laughs> I mean, it's an energy of being a leader and seeing the world for like what it really is. Right. I get like a Sagittarius vibe from him a little bit because it's like the seeing the big, bigger picture with like a logical mind. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, looking at, like, a situation fairly and then speaking your truth. Like, I feel like the queen is more connected to the intuition. Right. And the king is less connected to the intuition. Right. And so I feel like for him, it's almost like like what she would sort of get naturally and intuitively. Right. He has to sort of be that, like, extremely clever, extremely cunning, very quick on his feet. Like, right. knowing how to logically sort of, like, eliminate right. the wrong choices to get to the right one. Right. And this could also be an energy of, like, the world needs more seers and speakers, right? More people right. who are speaking their truth. And that could be, like, this energy, right? Yeah. I mean, in the Rider right Smith deck, he's wearing, like, a blue, like, robe. And blue, I feel like, is, like, a lot of, like, throat chakra energy. So... This is actually like speaking it and like having it into action. Right. And very, very, I would say smart, intellectual. I would say King of Swords energy in its highest is very wise. Mm-hmm. I think for me, King of Swords energy can be read as extremely logical. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of King of Swords energy, like it doesn't really have room for the intuitive because Mm -hmm. sometimes we can read it as so logical. But I think King of Swords energy in its highest knows that sometimes there are things that you only know through intuition. Intuition. The King of Swords is like, if he can't solve something logically, he will go to his Queen of Swords, who is intuitive and who can make it make sense to him because she bridges again that intuitive and the logical. Right. And so in its highest, it like it knows when the best solution is something that could be less uh, traditional or this is a uh, can be fixed air Aquarius. Carnival well, that makes Libra sense. That actually makes sense. Established concrete. Right. He, he sees that place because he right. knows that, you know, sometimes it'd be like that. Right. And he brings that type of energy where like when he's in a room and he speaks people shut up and listen like because of his energy and his demeanor you know he has that kingly stoicness you know like it demands respect without him even asking for it and i love that energy yeah i'm getting chills like (laughs) (laughs) i just love it the person who is the fair the person who is the truest of truths like Always, any situation that comes up to the king is always going to be dealt with fairly. Right. For both parties. Libra, yeah. The queen can be Libra because it's cardinal air. 
which mm-hmm. is like that pre-justice energy. We talked about Libra and Justice. Right. And then this one being Aquarius. Aquarius being that very like humanitarian, what actually like, you know, we're going to make this fair and square to the benefit of all. And right. Yeah. I feel like, and he has like a very, very discerning eye. A right. clean eye and a sharp ear. And it's like, <laughs> I feel like <laughs> Loki, the King of Swords could be that like, like when you like your heartbeat was regular at this point, but then I heard your heartbeat louder. Your your the blood flowed through your veins. You're lying to me right now. Right. Lie detector I can that see you <laughs> micro fidgeting. Like what the <laughs> what'd you say? Uh, like the natural lie detector. Like Right. The queen has that too. Like, yeah. but the king's gonna voice it out and call you out on your BS. Like mm-hmm. come on now. We both know what you play at. Right. <laughs> The queen's gonna be in her head like, mm, whatever. Bye. The king's gonna be like, gonna call it out, like in front of the whole crowd, embarrass you. Like, <laughs> right. And it's like, don't, I don't know. I just, I really appreciate that energy. Right. Uh, and I know that, like, for I've seen at least, um, because the king and queen of swords can be so. Both of them can be so logical. I know, like, whenever it comes to the space of, like, relationships or whatever, mm-hmm. they both kind of sort of get that label as cold. Um, right. And it's like, you know, well, he's cold and she's cold, and so it didn't work out. And so, I mean, you know, when you're reading cards and you got to incorporate all of the energy of, like, what people can be, then that coldness got to go somewhere. And, you know, they are the most logical of the bunch. Right. Um, but... Also, it's that, like, I don't know. I like that dynamic of, like, you know, do do things have to make sense? Yes. But Mm -hmm. just because things got to make sense and because things have to be sort of, like, practical and logical Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that they necessarily have to be unreasonable. Right. Doesn't mean that they don't have a heart because we all got hearts, even though, you know, the three of swords had a pierced heart. So if they work through that pierced heart, then they can be just as loving as anybody else. Right. Some people need that, like, right. somebody to be, like, logical and analytical to figure stuff out and to, like, make it make sense. Because me, I'll just be like, oh, like, I go off of vibes, you know? Like, mm, which is fine. But I think one thing that the king and the queen of swords, like you said, like, when the king speaks, people listen. And so if you need people to sort of, like, understand your position to, like, get behind you, I feel like those are the energies that would be able to communicate it well. Mm-hmm. And communication is so, 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 so important. Yes. In so many aspects of life. Um, and fairness is also so, so, so important. Right. And so to get like both in the same place, you know. Right. It's a beautiful suit. Like the swords is, it's a really beautiful energy of where to go with that communication. Like it being like a part of the element of wind. Right. You know, having that it's all communication. It's all communication and changing the way you think so that you can transform the things around you. Right. Because if you say that what you think becomes your reality, that's the answer in itself. Right. You know? And I think, you know, also the so the suit of swords can really sort of help us see where we are in terms of certain like difficulties in life Mm 
-hmm. and navigating the challenges of life and like where we sort of are in that healing journey or like what phase of healing that we're in if it is right. something that is continuously sort of occurring and reoccurring and yeah they hold some of the toughest cards like you know the three yeah, of swords that seven eight nine ten right <laughs> so it's like the, the 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 best ones that they have it's like the ace of swords for that clarity right. the four the of swords six. for that peace the six of swords for the movement and then and the page of the king yeah and the two of swords is it's not the two of swords is very like it can be sort of either or Right. I think a lot of times we're not really comfortable in the space of like indecision. So it, it tends more to the not so great side, but right. it's a heavy suit, but it is so beautiful. And just like life, you know, right? we difficulties in life don't stop happening because we stop looking at them or right. focusing on them or because we don't speak on them. It's like with that justice energy, like when we talk about it, when we sit down and have those conversations, that is how we sort of bring that change like you were talking about and that resolution and that's how we move forward and just sort of like in the in the space of like you know social justice and inclusivity and stuff like that it's been so it's interesting it's this dichotomy because i feel like we'll be like you know politics is something that you don't talk about like social inequalities it's something that you don't talk about all these things that we don't talk about but at the same time, we can be so extremely vocal about certain things that reinforce the systems that already are. Right. And of course, of course, no system wants to be challenged or changed or whatever. Mm -hmm. But in this, it's like it's the challenge of bringing it to the light, talking about it, having those tough conversations. Right. That's what gets us to the space where we can solve it and resolve it. Mm -hmm. Didn't necessarily expect that peace here we are <laughs> i mean that's just coming out like especially with everything happened today and then like i said like thinking looking at the u.s us coming towards this once again going back to that pluto return that's coming up right next year like are we at where we need to be like things need to change and if things don't change then the universe is gonna correct itself like it always do with the scales right i mean it's better for us to change than for the universe to do it. Right. You know, because like my mama used to say, it's rather you learn a lesson now than for life to teach you. <laughs> right. <laughs> my mama would be like, I really hope. She'd be like, I really hope you don't have to learn this the hard way. Right. And it's and the same energy. Minute, it was it's looking like I'm it, but I got it. I was like, I got it. I got it. This is enough. I'm done. Thank you. I, I learned to listen. Right. It's that same energy. Yeah. And um, I think because I, I did talk about it on like a sort of broader sense, but I think like the way that we handle issues outside of ourselves can also be very uh, indicative mm -hmm. and it can reflect on how we handle issues inside of ourselves. Yes. And that's why it's like it's not until the end of the swords journey that we're finally seeing and that we're finally in a position to do something. Yes. Rather than just like suffering and trying to make peace without any real like resolution. It's like we make a little bit of movement, but there are still some things that we're holding on to. Right. It's like we we it's all, we also need to have those conversations with self and within self. Exactly. Um, as well. So going back to integrating the ego and the shadow, like right. 
stop with the bypassing. Stop with the, you know, like really working through those traumas and those defense mechanisms, you know, the things that we may have went through, but we're not going through anymore. So we don't need to have those mindsets anymore. Right. You know what I mean? It's going back to that, like, Seven of Swords energy. Mm-hmm. You're not in that space anymore. So you don't need to have the same mindset that you had back then when you're not in that situation anymore. And I think at the same time that we're navigating that, it's so important for us to, like, not blame and not shame ourselves yes. for the things that we did when we were in that. Right. Because it's like, and I feel like that's something that I've recently... I've given myself the compassion of it's like you were hurt. You were hurting. Things were dark. You didn't know any different. You were doing your best to protect yourself. Right. Just like everyone does. Like we don't know. We, we do our best. And there's a, like I can be proud enough of myself. I can be grateful enough that in those moments I did what I felt I needed to, to protect myself. Right with what I knew at the time, with what I had at my disposal, could I have done better? Sure. But at the same time, in those conditions, I don't know. Right. Now that I've grown more, now that I have more tools at my disposal, now that I'm more mature, I can go back in and I can start to sort of replace those old things that don't work anymore with better things that do. And the things that we replace it with now, we it may get replaced later. Right. It's like we can accept that and not have to sort of beat ourselves up. Right. And um, that's the beautiful thing about, like, the journey is you're allowed to change your opinions and reactions based on getting new information. Right. You know? And that's the beautiful thing about it is that we're always learning something new. We're always learning, like, oh, yeah. I didn't realize I was doing this, and now that I do know, I can start from there. And so we we kind of sort of always just jumping and playing to the swords. You know, we become, we become kings in some areas, and it's like when you become... And I think at the same time, a, like a really, really good, really, really high king, queen of swords energy, they're still pages. They're still knights. Right. They're still open to new information. They're still open to being corrected because exactly. it's like you said, it's not about that ego. What good, is it, what good does it do for you to be right? Or It's like you proclaiming that you're right isn't going to make you right. Right. And when you own up to it, when you're open, you have that ability to sort of learn and grow. And I think, again, it's like the world is constantly evolving and changing and we're constantly experiencing and taking in information. And sometimes a lot of it is new. And so we need to allow ourselves that space to expand as the world expands. And it's when we try to hold things so rigid for so long that we really sort of fall out of line to the point where, you know, 250-ish years later, maybe Pluto got to come back around and be like, okay, right? have you been like updating and modernizing and renovating as you've been growing? Or are we still holding on to some old stuff that I'm about to come and take from you? It's like Jenga, right? (laughs) And Pluto's just going to come and start pulling out bricks. And it's like, I hope you got this thing set up where it ain't going to need to pull out a brick that's like going to cut the whole tower. uh, Right. Right. Be like, okay, it's going to be like, it's going to be a tower moment. Is it going to be a tower moment? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. 
Ooh, I like yeah. that. That was really that nice. Was, yeah. I feel more appreciative of the suit of swords now. That was really beautiful. Me too. I mean, I still, I, I, I was appreciating it before, like I said, because hey. for me and my journey, right? I was like, like when I saw that, like, especially the eight, nine, 10 of swords, for me, I correlated that to like liberation, like I said, to like I'm seeing things that I wasn't seeing before. It's rough, it sucks, it doesn't make it any less hard necessarily. But now that I see it, I know that like it's possible to like li- liberate myself from this. I'm gonna do it if it hurt, it hurt in the moment, but I'll heal. But you appreciate the lessons afterward too, yeah. And that's the beautiful part about it too is that you appreciate, like, hey. I had to go through this for me right. to come out on the other side and be where I am. And that's a beautiful thing. And going back to, like I said, like in the King and Queen, their thrones are depicted with butterflies. So it's just a giant transformation. Right. You know? And I, I do definitely appreciate the King and the Queen of Swords a lot more after this. Mm-hmm. I'm like, whoa, okay, I'll snap. I see y'all. Right. People see y'all cold, but that's just because they stale and old. I'm just playing. I don't know. That was lame. <laughs> no, I don't. Like, yeah, they're not putting up with anybody's BS. So people are upset right. because they're not going to sugarcoat anything. They they don't have that energy. They're not going to sugarcoat anything. Like, come on now. Right. Who are we? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but. I'm going to leave you guys with the quote I always leave you with. And that is, remember that you're beautiful and whole in all of your phases, just like the moon. Leave you with the quote, just like the moon in all of your phases, you are beautiful and you are whole. We'll catch y'all next time. (laughs) Bye. (laughs)